Hi, thank you for tuning into this short story episode of the Digital Nomad Stories podcast. Over the past months, I've interviewed a lot of digital nomads and I've learned so much from all of them. I wanted to highlight some of the key insights I got from all the interviews released so far. So I decided to release a 10 to 15 minute short story episode every Thursday, in addition to the full interviews that go live every Monday. Hello, hello. Thank you for listening to this short story episode. Um, this one is with Chapin Kreuter. He is the host of the Misfits and Rejects podcast. And he came on the show to talk about his digital nomad journey. I think this is one of the best interviews that I had on a podcast because Chapin was really, really open about not having everything figured out. He has been a digital nomad for, I think it was about seven years when we uh, had the interview. And he was still looking for that one online business idea that could make his digital nomad life possible the way he wanted to. And he also mentioned that he didn't want to go for a quick fix or like something that he could do to make money online, but that he didn't really enjoy. Um, so he's really he was really still looking for that one thing that would take off. I appreciate Chapin's honesty so much and especially this part of the interview that I will bring back in this short story episode. This is my favorite part of the interview that I did with Chapin. So enjoy and don't forget to listen to the full interview if you want to learn more. So I started researching online ways to do this and Pat Flynn came up, uh, Smart Passive Income, and I just kind of went really deep into his podcast for about a year in 2014 or sorry, maybe like a few months. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to move to Thailand, try to connect with people and really start to find out what this is like with this online entrepreneurship thing. And I met a guy in a bar in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand who, or no, Pai, Thailand, who recommended I start a, an online surf course business. And, uh, I hadn't really considered it seriously since I didn't think that was a place people were going to look for surf instruction, but obviously I have a background in surfing. So I started slowly trying to learn how to use a computer, slowly trying to understand how to create videos on YouTube. And that's kind of where I got my start, just creating videos on YouTube, hoping and praying that at some point that would generate enough income for me to stay on the road. And it took... I guess about three to four years of me slowly learning how to use the various things and creating an actual course that I finally was able to market to my email list that I slowly started to make a few sales here and there. It wasn't enough to sustain my life. And after, you know, almost after seven years of doing it, it never became anything that could sustain me. But along the way, I started some other things like this podcast and tried my hands at a few other things that um, just never really worked. And so I'm kind of dragged back to the drawing board, but still going to continue on with the podcast for sure. Yeah, exciting. Okay, cool. Um, so you were in Thailand when you started doing the, uh, or creating the course. Where else did you travel? Did you stay in Thailand um, that whole time or did you travel around? Like what was your... Uh, life, like what was your travel life or maybe like uh, lifestyle then? 
I was thinking about staying in Thailand for quite a while. I had a girlfriend at the time who was teaching Kung Fu up in Pai. And that allowed me, we had a nice little house and my cost of living was about $400 a month. So it was quite sustainable with the savings I had for quite some time. But, you know, as we all do, we get itchy feet if we like to travel and I like to surf. So being in the mountains wasn't ideal for me. So we moved to Bali and Bali was cool, but again, like Bali is super crowded and I like to find myself in rural places with less people and more waves. So we scootered out to a rural island where the waves were great, but the internet was bad. And I kind of did that dance for quite a few months, about half a year, and then went broke. And nothing really took off, so I went back to the States and saved some money and then moved back to Nicaragua and kind of had been doing that ever since, since I'd say about 2015, making as much money as I can, then venturing out, traveling for as long and as far as I possibly can on the money I save while I you know, continue to try to push for my online ventures to work and then slowly go broke, have to fly home and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually uh, recently had someone else on the podcast that uh, that did the same. Uh, he just worked um, for, he sat about three months and then he traveled for six to nine months until he was out of money again. This was um, Bjorn, I will... Uh, link his episode in the show notes if you're interested but that was also his travel lifestyle uh, for a really long time and I just I think it's really good to also know that this is also an option like maybe some people uh, don't want an online business or they also want to build it up while already going traveling like you don't have to have uh, all your ducks in a row maybe to um, go traveling you can also do this like before you have your online business up and running just like Chapin is doing. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, a lot of people are making money via online English teaching. Um, There's a lot of ways to actually just jump right into it and start making money right away. Um, Those options have never been as appealing to me. I kind of like to try to do something that's more fulfilling for myself. And if I can't, then I'll just stick to the job that I don't like back here in the States and, and just make money and then go travel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so you have tried a few different things. Um, do you have an idea of maybe like um, something to share about why you think it didn't work? Oh yes, I have tons. So I can say that with the sur- online surf instruction, it's a very small niche. And although people say like, you want to, you know, dive into small niches to and be a big fish in a small niche it's not always the case and especially if the service that you're providing isn't being looked for by the individuals within your niche so not many people are going online to learn how to surf as you can imagine however you know i did my research and i've been in the game a long time and i was targeting a very specific type of surfer an intermediate surfer who has not progressed in quite a few years and over time, I realized, well, they weren't my target market. It was actually beginners who were finding me on YouTube. And then I would send them through a funnel that they would, uh, I'd give them um, a little free video. And then eventually, they would either find my online coaching service where they would send me their surf footage and I would create little instructional videos for them. Or they would find my course and hopefully through my sales funnel buy that. Again, none of it really worked. And I think 
you know, price points are important to think about, especially in in new types of niches like mine. Like when I started out doing this, this wasn't really a thing. There's maybe five of us in the whole world who are attacking the surf market in this way. Now there's a lot more people, but still, all the individuals that I've connected with, nobody really has cracked the code on how to make money within that niche. So I think it's also important to know, like this was a few years ago, like now, uh, now that we have uh, like a pandemic for more than two years already, and people are more used to learning online maybe also, but a few years ago, this was probably really, really new. Yes, exactly. So that, I mean, there's a handful of things I said, and I should have focused on one, but yeah, getting into a new niche that had never really been uh, done before, that's very hard because you're a trailblazer. You kind of want to start something that people have already tested the market on. Um, the size of the niche also wasn't big enough, I think, yet. And the not knowing exactly who's looking for what, even though I thought I did, was also holding me back. So within that example, I think you can you can tell why it failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, just, it also has so many moving parts. Um, that is something that I didn't really realize when I was going into online business. Like, um, for me, I thought it would be easy because, like, I'm, uh, I'm, I work in podcasting, right? And I was like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm good at it, so that will be no problem. Um, but then, like, getting clients, marketing, sales, um, not just. I'm I'm good with podcasts, but you also have to be good with people because you work with clients. And oh my God, <laughs> that has also been a journey. <laughs> Absolutely. I think for me too, after whatever, like a couple years, three years, four years into this, and I started really meeting more digital nomads in this international mastermind that I'm in, the Dynamite Circle, I realized this isn't about the actual like product that we're selling. It's about being the best marketer that I can possibly be online. Because ultimately, like you could have the best product, but if nobody can find you and then you can't convert them into a sale, you have absolutely nothing really. So I think for myself and correct, and I'd like to hear what you think about this. Like we're all actually just online marketers. That's our real business. And then whatever we're trying to sell is kind of like not the side hustle, but like not the, it's like such a small part of what this whole process is about. Yes, I agree. Um, but <laughs> please, yeah, tell me what um, you think. Uh, I I agree. I think especially when you're starting out. I in my business, I haven't been focusing on marketing as much, um, and that has actually worked really well for me. So what I have been focusing on is uh, client retention and not client acquisition. I have just been focusing on keeping the clients that I have, but that is also in my business model. It's very different from uh, an online course. Uh, so that is completely different. But in my business model, I, if a client stays with me for a long time and just like keeps paying me every month, that makes it profitable. And that is also uh, necessary if I want to grow the business. Because if there's a lot of clients also stopping to work with me and then a lot of new clients, that takes a ton of time and I think that is also what a lot of people are not necessarily very good at in online business is keeping the clients that you have. I think that is really something that not that many people focus on. So that was that has been my focus in uh, in the past year and that has worked really well. And these clients are now 
like fans <laughs> almost. So they refer new clients. Uh, so it has been growing like very organic. I think that is more my style because I have tried all the marketing things and maybe I'm, I'm also just not good at marketing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I agree, especially when you're starting out, getting these, those first few clients, it's it's purely marketing because otherwise you cannot show how good you are at what you do. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. I would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. That way, more people can find this podcast, more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing, and the more people we can impact for the better. So thank you so much if you are going to leave a review. I really appreciate you, and I will see you in the next episode.